Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology. Happy Friday, everybody. Today we are going to take a look at Jupiter going back into the sign of Pisces, and we're going to take it through all 12 sun and rising signs, give you some horoscopes so that uh, you're prepared. Mars, or excuse me, Jupiter went back into Pisces recently, so we'll look at the timeline first so you get a sense of when Jupiter entered. It was in the past week, um, and we've had so much to talk about with Mars's retrograde um, that honestly it wasn't it's not it's not been at the top of the list to go back to jupiter but it could easily could have been any other month if it were not for eclipses and mars retrograde and a monthly overview and all this stuff that happens right at the beginning of the month so um so yeah so we're going to talk a little bit about the transit give you a sense of the timeline and then we're going to take it through the 12 houses just so that you can refresh on what topics jupiter is going to be enacting um uh sort of engaging with or activating. That's the word I'm looking for uh, as Jupiter goes on. So that is our agenda for today. Don't forget to like and subscribe before we get started today. Share a comment in the comment section as you go along, if, especially if you have any share uh, stories to share. Use the hashtag grabbed or email us grabbed at Nightlight Astrology if you've got a story to share. We like to uh, take inventory once in a while and hear about all of the ways in which the planets are showing up in your life. One of the names for the planets in ancient astrology were grahas or grabbers. And so we... Uh, lovingly refer to them as grabbers on on uh on our show and when, when i occasionally tell stories about how they show up in our lives and just sort of seize our consciousness um, and we learn a lot from them too so if you've got a story at all about this transition of jupiter into pisces and how that movement into a different whole sign house in your chart is affecting you i'd love to hear it so feel free to uh to share it there um also this saturday my new course begins last last uh I think, or this Saturday, I should say, next Saturday. <clears throat> so on November 12th, Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic, my first year program begins again. You can find more information on my website, nightlightastrology.com. Go to the courses page, click on the first year course under the menu there. You can scroll down to learn more about it. Oops, I thought it was there, but I'm not. <clears throat> Starts on Saturday, November 12th. There are two to three hour classes, 30 on the year. And we also have 12 guest lectures, breakout study sessions with tutors in between our major units of study. There's a, a discussion forum where you can ask questions year round um, and get answers. So <clears throat> it's a, a really thorough program. Um, you can also uh, take it at your own pace. If you can't attend live, then you can um, watch the recordings of the entire series. The early bird payment saves you $500 off. You also have a payment plan where you can spread the tuition out over 12 months. And then last but not least, we have about 50 or so need-based tuition contracts left. So if you are interested in that, um, they have been going more quickly this week. I also filmed these a few days in advance. And so um, typically by the time, like by the time this day comes around, there will be even less available. So right now, as I'm recording it, we're at 50. There's probably even less than that. Um, so anyway, if you want to use the need-based tuition option, we're glad to help people who might need a little support in making it happen because of your financial situation. We understand times are hard out there. Inflation's a real thing. There's a lot of people still uh, recovering from the pandemic. And we understand that, that times can be tough. Studying astrology can be a very uplifting thing. It can be a very deeply transformational thing. So we don't want that to be limited to only people who can afford our going rate. So um, with that being said, 
hope to see some of you in class soon. Any questions, email us, info at nightlightastrology.com. But don't be afraid, don't be shy to sign up for the need-based tuition uh, if it'll help you make it possible. We do still have some left. Okay, well, with all of that having been said, let's move to the real-time clock. Now, on the real-time clock, what I want to draw your attention to is that I'm just trying to back it up just a touch so you can see here is Jupiter having just entered Pisces on October 28th. So we are, you know, about a week, about a week since Jupiter entered Pisces. It was last Friday. So we come forward and we're still at that 29th degree of Pisces, Jupiter having just moved backward through its retrograde into Pisces. And so it's a really good time to just pause and go, okay, wait, Jupiter has changed signs again. What does that mean for me? Um, now let's look at the duration of the transit so you get a sense for uh, a sense of how long it lasts first. Uh, if we take this forward, you're going to notice that the station of Jupiter, <clears throat> which means the moment at which Jupiter stations to turn direct, it's about November 23rd. So it's pretty short-lived transit, but it for you know for for as a planet goes, it's still spending quite a bit of time. So late November it turns direct, and then we're going to watch it get back into Aries again, right about December 20th. So it's an interesting moment because it's essentially switching into Aries, zero Aries, right as the sun is moving into a square with Jupiter around the winter solstice or the uh, winter solstice, obviously the Northern hemisphere, uh, the Capricorn, the zero Capricorn moment, you could say. So um, it's an interesting transition that comes up, but essentially what that means is that we've got, you know, about two, a little less than two months worth of Jupiter going dipping back into Pisces. And I think that it's worth revisiting the whole sign house placements uh, that correspond with this. So what I want to do is let's just bring it, whoops, let's bring it all the way back to Friday, October 28th, which is the day that it moved in. And what we're going to do is just move Aries all the way around the wheel and just say a few quick things about what to watch for. <clears throat> so if you are an Aries sun or rising, Jupiter is in your 12th house with Neptune. And I think about this placement very much the, a placement of faith, a, a placement of recovering faith uh, within dark places. Um, a sense of what is larger than ourselves that guides us, especially when we're feeling lost or we're in an in-between state. It's as though a new system of beliefs or values is being born within us. If you're an Aries sun or rising <clears throat> and the 12th house, the implication of the 12th house um, darkness and, but the, the, the simultaneous brightness or buoyancy of Jupiter in in uh, in its own domicile with Neptune, it makes me feel like for Aries, this is about 
survival through faith. Uh, it's about what is born through challenge and struggle that carries you forward, not just um, the literal thing that helps you to recover, but the the quality of faith and trust and the transformation of character that is born within you from having to go through some kind of challenge or trial. Um, and it's also about looking at your relationship with your beliefs. Um, so those are some of the things that come to uh, to mind for me right away for Aries, Sun, or Rising. And again, I'm just saying a few things today, just kind of like, get you know, kind of getting us into the mindset of what Jupiter and Pisces is like. We spent a lot of time um, throughout the earlier part of 2022, talking about Jupiter and Pisces, Jupiter and Neptune and Pisces. So some of this should be review if you've watched my channel for a while. If you're a Taurus rising, this is in the 11th house. Groups, communities, friendships. I wonder about the resuscitation or revitalization of community and friends. I also wonder about um, reunions with people. For example, I'm a Taurus rising and one of my dear friends who's been abroad is going to be coming back home. And so I will be reuniting with a dear friend. Um, there's also allies and beneficial connections with other people. So I wonder about, for Tauruses, I wonder about the kind of um, blessings and benefits that you might be receiving from friends or within groups or the the need to revisit something about groups and communities right now. Um, that And again, any, any kind of benefactor also comes from the 11th house. And so the, the potential for there to be blessings and benefits, um, you know, kind of an, an abundance that's there and something, it's a very fertile period for the next couple of months as well. Okay. Well, Let's move into <clears throat> with Gemini, and we're going to put now Jupiter into the 10th house. Jupiter into the 10th house speaks to your public reputation or your career, and maybe revisiting or revising something from earlier this year, um, because again, we've had Jupiter in Pisces for a uh, significant amount of time in 2022 already. And so could we be going back to something? If you're a Gemini with Mars also retrograding in your first house, personal and character changes, uh, physical changes, and changes or revisions related to public image, status, reputation, or professional life. I also like this generally as a moment where you could see growth and uh, abundance or support and blessings sort of, uh, for a couple of months here in the area of your career? Could there be a promotion or could there be some success at work or could there be a gaining of mastery or knowledge or could you be you know, receiving recognition for something? Uh, those to me are some really positive significations for Gemini's right now, which could alleviate some of the challenge of having Mars retrograde in your first house, by the way. Well, if we put Cancer on the Ascendant, then we're taking Jupiter and Neptune in the ninth house, the place of faith, beliefs, spirituality, religion, and there's something growing here. There's something developing. Um, could there could this next couple of months be a period of time where your faith and philosophy, spiritual and personal mystical experiences are growing, or your philosophical understanding is growing, or you're studying something, or being inspired by a teacher in some way? So I really like the development of 
Jupiter in the ninth for cancers, um, especially as a salve for any of the challenges that you might be facing with a Mars retrograde in your 12th house, which can be very frustrating and pr can provide mental and emotional turmoil. The benefit of having Jupiter in the ninth is that your faith may be there for you right now, or a subject you love may be there for you to help you understand what you're going through. <clears throat> when we put Leo on the ascendant, we move Jupiter into the eighth house. Now, the best part about Jupiter along with Neptune in the eighth house is the blessings or benefits you may receive through those soul contracts that you have with other people. By that, I mean the relationships you have that are here to bless you with something. A resource that someone else has is coming to bless or help you in some way. That would be the number one benefit I could see from this. On the but by the same token, the eighth house sometimes has to do with debts and obligations. Could you be giving in a spirit of generosity or charity to someone else? Um, the need to take out a loan, the need to pay off a debt, um, whether that debt is psychic, emotional, or karmic, and someone owes you something, or whether you may owe some, something to somebody else. I could see it being generally conducive of happiness, though. Jupiter and Neptune... Maybe there's a little bit of inflation that happens. Someone can save me or I can save someone else. And I would be a little bit careful of that. But the general idea of there being a spirit of generosity to be given from yourself to someone else or from others to you stands out to me right now. The other potential would be anything surrounding like the topics of inheritance, for example, or the way in which someone else passing away um, may actually uh, come to grant you something, even if it's something psychic or emotional. Um, so let's continue on with Virgo on the Ascendant, where we now see Jupiter and Neptune in the seventh house. So Jupiter and Neptune in the seventh house speak to the expansiveness, the fertility, the imaginative and romantic qualities in the house of love and marriage. So it doesn't have to be marriage, literally. Some people don't ever get married, but spend a lifetime together. Uh, so what, whatever we call it, marriage or just committed relationships or love or romance, sexuality, there's a real fertile romantic quality uh, with Jupiter moving back into Pisces in that house. And I wonder, especially given that Virgos have Mars turning retrograde in their 10th house of career, makes me wonder if while there are changes happening in the career, that they're not happening because of simultaneous um, expansion happening in an important relationship. My job is changing because my spouse gets a promotion and we have to move somewhere, for example, or um, I'm getting married and that's shifting and I'm going to have kids. So that's shifting what I may end up doing at work. But I, I wonder if there's some crossover between career and relationships at the moment or partnerships that are professional in nature, um, beneficial alliances or allegiances in the seventh house with Jupiter could be a real thing. I like Jupiter in Pisces in the seventh house for anyone who comes into your life and lifts you up or inspires you as well, and maybe helps you to, um, you know, as a Virgo, your Mercury ruled, this Jupiter relationship dimension of the seventh house may push you into an area of, you know, Relatively speaking, like you may be, what am I trying to say? Uh, surrender versus control through the mind. 
Um, that as a theme seems likely, or at least one of the possibilities that I wouldn't surprise me. All right. <clears throat> Libra on the ascendant places the Jupiter-Neptune conjunction in the sixth. With Mars also retrograding in the ninth house, I have to wonder about ideological or philosophical conflicts right now, or the need to resolve conflicts of opinion, conflicting ideals, values, or beliefs, um, maybe in several different areas of your life, in love and relationships, or at work, or within your family, or something like that, or within yourself. Um, I really love this Jupiter-Neptune placement in the sixth house for selfless service or for giving yourself your efforts, some form of sacrifice to something bigger than yourself that you deeply care about. Um, but <clears throat> that sacrifice could also be, it might not be easy to come to, the, the, the reaching the place where you're willing to do something or willing to surrender or sacrifice something uh, may involve an exploration of your beliefs and convictions. Um, and that comes, I think, from the Mars retrograde in the ninth house that's happening simultaneously. With Scorpio, Jupiter will be in the fifth house. And when Scorpio is on the ascendant, Jupiter in the fifth house um, is specifically now in a house that is about pregnancy and creativity. And now you have a planet that was associated with semen um, and the seed of life and abundance and it's a very it's a planet that is associated with fertility and it's in a water sign and it's in the house of pregnancy i think this is the most quintessentially you know like you're gonna get pregnant you know transit uh, probably of the of like the autumn of 2022 like if there was one transit throughout the fall season of 2022 or from say september through december i'd be like it's this you know jupiter going back into the fifth house of those Scorpio risings out there is a pretty big deal. Um, so I would say, you know, for some people are going to like some Scorpio risings are probably looking at having children. Um, on the other hand, this is just a very fertile placement for the imagination for your artistic practices, whether you're writing a book or you're a musician or you're a painter. I, I like this because there's a marriage of inspiration and creativity with Jupiter going back into the fifth house. Uh, I think that could be very uplifting and give you kind, kind of like a, a boost. The thing I would be careful of would be, you know, the excessiveness of Jupiter Neptune in the fifth when it comes to pleasure, for example, gambling or drinking or just anything that is supposed to be joyful, but you end up taking too far. You could gain weight from eating too much with the plan, uh, with a placement like this, for example. Uh, so watch a little bit for that excessiveness, um, but otherwise I think it's a placement of creative flow. Um, and it's probably coming after a solar eclipse with Venus in your first house as you are realizing things about your own desire nature or your own body. Um, so I think it's following closely on that solar eclipse in your first house that was at uh, on October 25th. Well, Sagittarius rising places Jupiter and Neptune into the fourth house. And so with these two planets in the fourth house, again, the potential for an expansion around um, family comes to mind, especially with Mars retrograding in the seventh house. 
the topics of marriage and family come together in interesting ways. I like that Jupiter is like sort of offsetting what could be the challenges of Mars in the marriage house. It's in a superior square to Mars and could provide just a little bit of upliftment. So I, I think Jupiter and Neptune in the fourth, you could see themes like the expansion of family through the birth of children again, or marriage happening. Now, there could be shifts in marriage and family dynamics because of divorces that are happening or because of changes in um, relationships. For example, this would be another transit where you could see some change in a spouse or partner's life affecting where you live or how you live day to day or what home looks like or something like that. Um, but I also like the idea with Jupiter and Neptune in the fourth house of healing around family karma. So by family karma, I just mean sort of generically the gifts, the wounds, you know, the blessings and the curses of our parents and our family and our roots and our upbringing. Jupiter with Neptune here could point to the religious background of the family or could point to some developments around faith, love, and family. So that's what I would, that's what I would watch for specifically for Sagittarius rising. All right, we're going to move this forward again and put Capricorn on the ascendant, which brings the Jupiter-Neptune dynamic into the third house while Mars is retrograding in the sixth. So one of the things that comes to my mind for this one is that there, for Capricorns, I wonder about transforming a, a mental environment. The mental environment depicted by, for example, Mars in the sixth house retrograding in Gemini uh, can be rather intense. There might be conflicts with friends or uh, with people in your life that there's just a more combative energy. It's more of a look of mental, being mentally and verbally taxed, straining mentally and maybe emotionally. <clears throat> Jupiter in the third house with Neptune to me suggests that, that, that there's a salve available and it's the salve of grace and mercy and compassion and forgiveness. It's, it's, a, a mental, cooling, calming, healing, uplifting quality. And it's contributing to some sort of revision around Mars retrograde in Gemini in the sixth. The revision probably, remember the sixth house was called the house of Mars and it's associated with conflict. You have the look and feel of mental uh, or verbal conflict uh, in, that, in that house. I think Jupiter provides like a softness, like a feminine sensibility that could be trying to offset, or maybe it is the refining influence that's trying to help you, if you're a Capricorn, learn to um, avoid conflicts uh, that are unnecessary or harmful or damaging, or to change the way in which you fight or work through challenges, especially on the mental level. To me, that's the, the strongest... Um, combination that comes to my mind. Also sibling karma, uh, karma just in your environment. And there's, I think this is a transit that brings an uplifting quality. It brings a quality of, um, it, it, it's, it's sort of like if it's a hot summer and you, uh, open a window and suddenly you get that cool breeze coming through. I feel like there's something like that coming in right now, especially on the level of mind and emotion 
for Capricorns that's it's trying to help you out. So watch for where and who that influence is coming from and try to um, try to listen and follow that. Aquarians, you have the Jupiter retrograde into Pisces in your second house. Um, I think this one's interesting because it's a very fertile transit in a house that's all about money and assets and resources and possessions, which could easily mean that there's growth happening in that area, which would be welcome for most people, right? Most people like to hear that. At the same time, you always have to be careful with Jupiter in the second of extravagant purchases or kind of like, um, you know, big, big income and big, uh, what is it? Big income and big expenditures. So big purchases that you don't really need or that are sort of extravagant, rooted in uh, maybe an impulsivity or a kind of romantic impulse, you know, to purchase something. I would be a little bit careful of that. But otherwise, I like this as something, a resource that's coming into your life to act as a blessing, um, something that is coming in and shifting your relationship to money or finances. This is when you pay off the credit card or this is when you get a little bonus at the end of the year. Um, I could also see this as a time with um, Mars retrograde in the fifth, where you're looking at pleasure and impulse control and having to develop a healthier philosophy around pleasure and money. Uh, so a few things that come to mind for my Aquarians. Last but not least, Pisces ascendance, you get this in your own first house. Now, to me, that is an incredibly, it's an incredibly uplifting place to have Jupiter, whether it's building confidence, faith, knowledge, mastery, reputation, getting, you know, receiving more recognition in the world. Um, I think Jupiter in the first expands and magnifies all of the best qualities about us. That's it, Jupiter in the first at its best. At its worst, you know, it can amplify our arrogant, it can make us arrogant, it can, it can sort of lead to inflation of the ego. You want to be a little bit careful about that. Um, but I also look at this after you've just had a solar eclipse with Scorpio in the ninth house of faith, belief, religion, spirituality, learning, and then Jupiter is coming back into Pisces in the first house. And I wonder if right now there isn't some kind of transformation of ideals, values, beliefs, something that you're learning or studying that you're becoming passionate about, and the need to incorporate that into your sense of identity and purpose in the world. Um, I could look at that, I could see that as a very likely scenario, given, again, the eclipse in the ninth house. With, you know, Mars also having recently or going retrograde in the fourth house, um, I also wonder about the confidence you are building in yourself and the need for self-reliance, given maybe some instability or changes uh, or a little bit of volatility around the roots. Sometimes right as we're becoming more confident, the family constellation gets sort of disturbed. And that could be the case right now with Mars retrograding in your fourth while confident Jupiter is in your first. So, um, oops, I still have Aquarius up. There's Pisces. So, to me, these are some just brief reminders of what the energies of the planets are like when they're in these houses, which we revisit, you know, which we visited when Jupiter first went into Pisces. But again, I think it's just really worth looking at again, since we got two months of this and we, it, it can almost fly under the radar like, oh yeah, Jupiter's back in Pisces for a minute. So 
that's what I have for today. Um, don't forget we have some need-based tuition contracts left, just a few, um, well, not a few, I should say. It's I think it's close to 50 left. And um, you can still take advantage of those if you want to join the course and need a little bit of help to do it. We're so thankful for you know a good amount of people out there who are able to afford the course, who you know pay our normal rate. And so because people do that, um, it really allows us to offer a certain portion of um, spots in the class for uh, rates that, you know, reach out and help people who otherwise would be priced out of a really cool topic. So, you know, it's a community effort to make um, a business model like this work when people pay what they have um, and those that have pay our full price and that those that need a little help, take advantage of it, it all ends up working out. And I've been doing this, you know, in good faith, because I really believe in this system, um, you know, for 13 years now, going on 13 years. Um, so I really do welcome you to take advantage of it while we have some left. If you ever want to read anything that I've uh, talked about for the day, you can find a transcript of any of my daily talks on my website, nightlightastrology.com. All right, that's what I've got for today. I hope you guys have a great weekend. I look forward to um, eclipse, eclipse energy next week. Got another lunar eclipse coming through. We'll be spending some time with that. All right, take it easy, everyone.